Welcome to Prime Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law Dan Lawless. Hello, Smashville. And welcome, Hockey Town. So, we got a little bit of housekeeping here for our podcast. It's, uh, we're finally getting on our uh, podcast app, so you can uh, download uh, the Pride Wings podcast on uh, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, and Listen Notes. So some exciting uh, news for this podcast, and Apple and TuneIn are coming shortly. I just got to hear back from them uh, hopefully soon. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're growing, folks. We're growing. Just just ride with us. But, yeah, it's been, it's been a uh, pretty crazy week, at least for Detroit, I guess you could say. Um you know, I'll let you kick off. Do you want to kick off? We'll, we'll start off with the recaps. Just, I think you've got a couple more than I do, and mine's going to be pretty lame and disappointing, unfortunately. So, Well, uh, the Preds had a busy week. They, um, The first game, they actually beat Florida 6-4, to four, and that was a thrilling game. Um, Florida's the highest-scoring team in the league. And Nashville came back twice, uh, well, multiple times. The Florida, uh, three times actually. Uh, Florida had a one nothing lead, a three to one lead, and a four to three lead, um, and it ended the Predators' f- uh, four game uh, winless streak. So, pretty good game for them. Um, Tanner and Chano scored twice. One was an empty net. They had asterisk. Yeah, okay. They had 33. So they're putting pucks on the net. That's how you win it's a, right there. Yeah, it's about time. And also Forsberg, Yossi, and the Yak. Yak of Trennan scored. And Granlin. Uh, Luke Cunning thought he scored a tying goal, but it was called back to goaltender interference. I didn't see the play, so I can't comment on whether it was legit or not. Um, and by the way, yeah. by the way, Jan, uh, Tanner Janot set a record, uh, a Preds rookie record, uh, for. <laughs> For hits in a season with 169. See, that's I, I got to jump in here, uh, D Law. You know, I, I've got I, I'm I, I'm I have a hard time with the hit category because I, I how do you judge a hit in the NHL? Like, what actually constitute a constitutes a hit? Like, if you bump somebody, if you're like shoulder to shoulder skating on a, like a breakaway, and I bump into you, is that a check? Or do I have to put you through the the glass? Is that? Um, 
they actually have statisticians that, that take care of that. So I we I would have to we would have to get a hold of uh, somebody in the NHL that maybe records that those uh, do those and uh, I'm gonna find and out find out. Um, it's actually a hit because I, it's probably like just a body check. I don't know if it has to be like a forceful one or like maybe bumping them off the puck. Not really sure because there's a lot of hits in a game, so. I mean, if it's just bumping somebody, I probably would shatter the Preds record in my one beer league game because I yeah, well, stand up and I bounce off. I'd, I'd I'd have a lot of I'd have a lot of hits on uh, on on mine just just for me <laughs> hit my hit myself. Well, that I, I, so I, I've been on your line with you. I've. I can attest to that. So uh, that pretty much wraps up the Florida game, even though um, you know, it was just an exciting game. Uh, but I've only got the, one, so. the really the really exciting game that I and I was actually I actually attended this game. It was the uh, Dallas game. <clears throat> it was a Pekka Rene uh, jersey return, which was. Really, really, really something. Uh, probably have pictures on on our website uh, up for those uh, coming up soon. Um, there, they had a franchise record, which surprises me. Seventeen thousand eight hundred sixty-nine. I'm surprised they they haven't had more uh, than that in previous years, especially during the Stanley Cup final run. But Soros was just. I, I can't believe he was just amazing compared to what he's been playing like he I don't know if it's the Pekka just that Pekka and I just turned another notch on him or not but no I just think you beat out of him um, pardon my language I just think you're so hard on him you know, I don't so much that. for our G rating yeah you can bleep that out so so um, hard on, you haven't given him a chance and I think that I think he is a much better goalie than you think he is, and I think he's really growing into the role very well. So I think you're going to see a lot more productive play out of um, Juicy Soros here in the future. You know, maybe not necessarily this year, but I think he's definitely a goaltender that you can build around. And you know, you, you now it's time to put somebody behind him to begin to groom off of him. But I definitely think that he's. He's legit. I think he's he's what the Predators needed to fill that, you know, that absence of Pekka Rene. And how many seasons was he was he able to learn from Pekka Rene? Who, by the way, I feel that Pekka Rene is one of the best goalies to, to play the game. You know, he's not the best. He's not a Patrick Waugh. But I think for what he was given over his tenure with the, the Predators, I, I think he was outstanding. So anyway, getting back to my question, um, how many seasons did he have behind Pekka? Uh, there was at least two. Okay, so that's that's good. So he had a couple of seasons to really groom and, and learn um, what it takes to be, you know, a Predators goalie. You know, just from being in the locker room. But uh, that the team actually played really well because they held the stars to just 28 shots on goal. Even though the Preds got outshot, they had 20. Um, so 
I just want to say it when I do that. <laughs> so they... <laughs> I got the head bob. I can't wait till we get the YouTube channel. Like, you can actually see me, like, dancing to his music. Uh, I don't know if they want to see that. I know they definitely don't want to see me. I'm just kidding. So, but, um... The, the power killing was outstanding in this game, but both teams... The Stars were 0 for 4, the Preds were 0 for 5. Um... But uh, Tomasino made it one nothing in the first period uh, before uh, Dallas, uh, I believe it was Robertson, Jason Robertson, who's, ha who's having a magnificent season. He tied it up and on a pretty decent, uh, <clears throat> that was uh, early in the second period. Um, it was just a great play by, uh, I hate to say it, Suter and Pawlowski to got the assist on that but uh that not, i know a side note it's funny every time Suter, i think it happens in minnesota as well every time Suter touches the puck uh we get a lot of uh oh. <laughs> that was actually a boo oh, doesn't yeah. sound like it <laughs> so um but then it, it went into uh a shootout and it was a goaltender shootout for sure so the Preds fourth shooter uh, seventh round uh, Mikhail Granlund who we got from the wild <laughs> I know you don't like that uh, he was the only one to score in the shootout and obviously Saris was perfect in the shootout stopping Jason Robertson who had scored earlier in the game Pavelski in second so and and Jacob Peterson, so that's some pretty uh, pretty heavy duty off, uh, offensive weapons right there that he that he stopped in the shootout uh, on a skills competition. I still not a fan of the shootout. Um, so that. Uh, and then that led into the Tampa Bay Stadium Series game. Uh, I was home by that time, unfortunately. It would have been nice to go, even though I lost 3-2. to two, But it was the first outdoor game in Tennessee history. So that was... Uh, um, that, that, was pretty, that was pretty good there. And they, uh, and they also... It was the seventh largest crowd in NHL history with 68,619. Obviously, they're not going to pass the Red Wings because that doesn't. The Red Wings played in a college stadium that holds over 100,000, and uh, Nashville doesn't have anywhere near that. <laughs> not even their not even their college team stadiums have that much. <laughs> they don't even have a fan base that large. I'll just move on. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's all those Red Wings. Maybe they do. <laughs> Yeah, but they put the red on. They're 50-50. So, only when Detroit's in the building. So, uh, going back to Stadium Series game, this Geno scored a power play goal in the first. Again, the rookie. And then Forsberg also had another uh, power play goal in that one. And then uh, Tampa Bay had two power play goals in the second period to take the lead. Um, Rene, another side note on that one, Rene and... Titans, uh, Taylor Luan, who is, uh, I believe he's from Michigan or played in Michigan, uh, they dropped a ceremonial uh, face-up puck, 
And then Renee tossed a catfish out and almost knocked over a uh, camera camera operator reporter. <laughs> you could see his reaction. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> now, is he, now, is he banned from this arena for life? That was in the Nissan Stadium, so probably oh, not. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, so, because what's good for the goose is good for the gander. That pretty much wraps up uh, my game recaps for this 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 episode. Uh, well, my my recap here we got Colorado and it went exactly how I had talked about it as it would go. Um, yeah, not enough of that. There definitely wasn't enough of that. Were there a lot of? Not enough. Actually, no, there, there was actually quite a bit. I, I actually have to say, you know, I, I wasn't too excited right off the bat because, you know, a minute and like 12, yeah, a minute 12 into the, the period, uh, Landis God comes down and scores a goal um, against Thomas Grice. And, you know, I'm just, I mean, quite honestly, I'm just not sold on Grice. He's, he's too up and down. Um, you know, he, he just, I, I, he reminds me a lot of Tim Chevelday. And I know that's going way back and probably any of our listeners, if we even have any, probably have zero clue who he is. Um, but he played back in, you know, the late 80s, you know, early to mid 90s. And he was just very streaky. And you didn't, you know, every time you take a shot, like you're, you're kind of, your backside puckers a little bit because you don't know what's going to happen. You know, it could, could be a goal. It could be, you know, a beautiful save. Um, but I'm just not sold on Grice. So when that went in at a minute and 12, it just kind of really in my brain said, you know what, this, this guy is not going to be here next year. I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. Iserman might see something tremendous in him, but... Um, getting back to it though so Landis God has the first goal awesome part of this goal and the one thing that I do appreciate is Darren Helm you know Helmer he, he gets the assist on this and I know it's not a goal but I just you know I'm, I'm rooting for the guy he came in he's a tremendous skater he's a he's a grinder he almost reminds me a lot of Philip Zadina um, but he's I, I just think that he was great on the power play you know, he's one of those, or the penalty kill. He's one of those guys that if he gets the puck at the right time, he can kill off a minute himself easily. So, you know, kudos to him. Congrats, Helmer. You know, I'm glad you're able to get yourself on the uh, on the scoreboard, you know, right right, and, er right and early. Um, they also obviously did the little, uh, you know, the, the welcome back. Because we got him on the spot. Welcome back. standing ovation he was shedding tears on the bench you know Detroit really really is a city that Helmer really finds himself to be you know really entrenched in so you know good for him it was great to have him back in the arena and you know we wish him or at least I wish him all the best but yeah not enough of those not enough of those um, you know, the other highlight I, I have to say that I, I have to give kudos to is Pavel Francouz. He played out of his mind. I mean, there were so many times that Detroit was knocking on the doorstep looking to, you know, get, you know pull out of the, the deficit that they were in. And 
he just came up with big save after big save when they were really needed. He had 32 saves in the game. So, you know, get that shot, 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 shots going because Detroit was putting shots up there and they just couldn't, they just couldn't beat the guy. It was incredible. Um, I don't see a lot of Avalanche games, but I remember, I know I've seen the last couple of years uh, games when I watched them and i seen that that kid in that and I'm like, wow. He's, he, I think he's definitely got, uh, he's got gonna a be a Vasilevsky. Yeah, he's got he, a future here. He's, he was a good pickup. He was a good acquisition and I, I, just, I, I believe I believe he was a draft pick, wasn't it? I, I believe he was. Yeah, I believe he was. Um, then before the period's over, just to kind of give a little kick in the hindsight, Tyson Yost comes down, scores goal. Uh, you know, predator or predators, like the Avalanche. I, I just maybe I just hate saying the word Avalanche because of the old rivalry. That was in my heyday. So I, I hate that. The, the Avalanche won this game, but um, you know, Yost puts up a nice goal, puts him ahead two nothing going into the second period. Uh, Philip Zadina gets a, a much needed goal off of. Actually, I, I I have to say this, and I know you've you know been pumping up your your Geno, but Moritz Cider. I mean, I have to think, and you're going to disagree with me on this. But I think he is going to be one of the top, if not the top, for the Calder Trophy. I know there's still enough games in there. He could get hurt tomorrow. But, you know, I just he, he's playing tremendous. But just he's got – he's just so far above his maturity level. So he's coming in as a rookie, an extremely young rookie, much younger than, than Janelle um, by a year or two. How old is Janelle? 20, let me see, 24 or something like that. Oh, okay. he's got him by four years. Uh, 10 is you know, his, he was born in 1997. Okay. But yeah, anyway, um, 24, yes. Did I say 24? You did. Yeah, he's 20. That's why I didn't correct you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but you've got Cider. Cider just, he plays the game like he's been in the league for 20 years, 30 years, 50 years. I mean, the kid is, he's just, not, he's very heads up. He's shifty with the puck. Still makes some rookie mistakes here and there, but those are to be, I find those are excusable because every rookie makes mistakes but on this particular goal Cider has ends up with the puck he's coming down on uh, I believe it was a 2 on 2 situation Zadina's trailing him and instead of taking a shot you know up above the glove or trying to raise it above the pad or get it over the blocker he takes a little like I don't even know how you would describe it. It's almost like a chip shot, but he only got it about an inch off the ice, so he could intentionally get a rebound that went right to Zadina's stick, so that Zadina could put in the empty net. I mean, I I don't know how he even 
thought. I mean, it was probably one of those, you know, pull and pray type situations. But he just put, he did exactly what he wanted to do. He knew Zadina was following him. So he wanted to put the puck and get um, Fran Cruz down on the ground so that he didn't have that lateral movement. So he takes that, that little pitch shot, you know, just a, a quick little snapper, intentionally bounces it off of the leg pads that comes right out to Zadina just as they anticipated it. And it was a bing bang long, it was in. I think these NHL players have a sixth sense where they, they just know where, and, or just maybe, maybe just that they know where to be. Right, but but, but D-Law, here's, here's the thing. This kid's 20 years old. This is his first, you know, this is his first go-round in the NHL. Well, Larkin was making those plays when he came in at that age, too, or actually, was he 19? Larkin came in at 19. No, he was making those plays and like that, and it just, uh, you know. Yeah, but he didn't have the consistency that Cider does. He doesn't have the points. He wasn't even close to the points. I mean, right now, Cider is close to Larkin, and Larkin's having a career year with points. So, you know, it's just one of those things that I, I'm just excited. As a Red Wings fan, I'm excited. I'm not excited about the schedule that's coming up the next few games because I think it's you know they've got a tough stretch coming up as I mentioned in the last episode um, but yeah I just I think he's ahead of his time and I think that he's uh, you know I just think that he's he, he's going to be a, a Red Wing for a long time or at least I hope so he's one of those pieces that you build around as, as a rookie and to be honest I, I can see him being our number one D guy like the clear number one D man who is leading the blue line, who is, you know, I can see him being that by the end of the season. Uh, just backtracking for a second, I just you were right about Fran, Fran Seuss. Uh, he was signed as a free agent in 2018 by Colorado. Oh, okay. uh, I was thinking he was a draft pick, but no, that was... Yeah, I thought, it, I thought he was a draft pick as well. But So okay. I just, just wanted to clarify that. So uh, anything else? Yeah, of course. Um... You know, then then we have Nazem Kadri. I'm not a fan of him. I've never really been a fan of him. But, you know, he comes down. He scores shortly after the Zadina goal to keep that two-goal lead. And from there, it was just, you know, it was just kind of a an implosion. Like, it just wasn't a good game for the, the Red Wings. I mean, I shouldn't say that. They just couldn't put the puck in the net. They were taking the shots. They were getting the opportunities. But, you know... Frank, who was just he was just playing way too well. He was just playing way, way too well. So I just think that was a great game. Um, hate that we lost it. It's a real, you know, it's a real kick in the, the front side to lose against Colorado. But it is what it is. Wings are in a After all these years, yeah, I know. that robbery hasn't died down any. No, it has, but it, well, I, not, that, not with me. That's another thing. I wish. I mean, you probably don't want to. And Detroit is more in the east, but I think they should go back to the west, move yeah. somebody else to the east. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Like Columbus. Well, actually, Columbus is in the east now. Yeah. But I don't know. They lost a lot of. They had. They had some big rivalries. I mean, although they did rekindle the Toronto rivalry. Since they moved right. back in that division, so and they, I guess they did kind of create some more, but not like 
Colorado, went Chicago, went yeah, St. Louis, and, uh, and of course the Predators. I, I think they even had a rivalry with Columbus. Yeah, even, not that great. Even though Columbus was terrible. Playoffs, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty much the only other thing with, you know, with us is, um, you know, we had Fabry with another goal. You had Mo Sider, who ended up with another assist on that one, also with with Dylan Larkin. So they're both adding to their points total. I mean, they're they're just unstoppable. I mean, Mo Sider was the third star of the game. You know, I just again, they're just going in a, a tremendous direction. Um, but yeah, I'm just you know I'm gonna move in before we we bounce into the next. I'm gonna segue into. You know the, what games we have coming up here. So, um, you know the the Wings have you know a pretty pretty aggressive schedule as we had mentioned. You know next we've got Toronto. Toronto. Let's see that now. That's a game that I think that Detroit can win. I feel that they've played Toronto very well for very long. Um, you know even since back with the Dino Cicerelli and Felix Potvin rivalries. You know, I, I think Detroit has played Toronto well and vice versa with Toronto with Detroit. So I think that game could go either direction. Um, you know, I just, you hope that it goes well, but you don't know. Then you've got Carolina. That's that's another toss-up. Carolina always plays Detroit very tough, but I think that's also another winnable game. Um, I do think, you know, before we... You know, the next game will be Friday, the 4th of March. Um, that one, we've got Tampa Bay. I would love to see a win come out of there, but, I mean, it, it is Tampa Bay. It is Steve Eiserman's first dynasty that he's ever created on his first attempt. But, you know, I think that's a game. I'm, I'm just hoping for a close game. You know, if we get a close game out of that one, then I'll be happy because one thing that I really want to see um, I really want to see the team continuously improving. I don't want to take steps back. I don't care if we lose every game from here on out, as crazy as that sounds. As long as the team's competing, showing growth, and hanging with some of these bigger top-tier teams in the NHL, like your Colorados and your Tampa Bays and the Florida Panthers. like These are some of these big, fast, and strong teams that they've put together teams that can just do everything they hit they check they skate they're fast with the puck they're passing it smooth just they're they're big they're bigger than detroit most teams are but you know i think these are these are going to be some pretty big games coming down the line for for detroit and we'll see what happens yeah so uh leading into that the preds have uh seattle <laughs> who, who they lost uh, in their and in the home opener way back in October. Oh, I remember the tears you shed back. Uh, yeah, of course, it had to be their first win. History books. Yeah, Nationals. That's Nationals always in the in the wrong side of the uh, record book. History books. Oh, yeah, just book. like that time I sat in the, the hockey town cafe, and I just happened to look to my right. And it was Steve Eiserman's last goal, which was against okay. the Predators. Of course. 
Everybody scores their first and last goal against them. And when, but uh, the Preds did beat them in January uh, 4 to 2, so they're 1 to 1 going into that game. So, and uh, it's going to be an interesting game. It's in Seattle after uh, after this uh, stadium series game. <clears throat> so, that'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. And then they got uh, after that they got San Jose coming up after that, um, but uh, we'll talk we'll talk about that in the, after the ne- uh, the next episode. Um, uh, real quick, I, I want to I want to bring up a topic and kind of get your thoughts on this. So, as you know, I am not a fan of Jeff Blashill. I have not been a fan of Jeff Blashill for a couple of years now, and I know he. Exactly. Boo. Boo. Flash. But the one thing I will say is I know he led the Griffins to a Calder Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. So he's led he's led the call he's he's got a Calder trophy. You know, not many coaches can say they've done that. Uh, Calder Cup? Calder, Calder Cup, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, do coaches get rookie of the year? <laughs> no, not this one. But, but here, no, if he was a player, he might have. <laughs> but here's, here's my concern with Blasio. Is he just hasn't really improved the team. They've been stale and stagnant for several years under him. So as the bench boss, he really hasn't done much with him. But you can't fault him. I I won't fault him for the first few years because Holland gave him a lineup that probably wouldn't compete against some college teams. So that I can't really blame him for. And, you know, but every year they've gotten a little bit better. They've added a couple of pieces. And I don't mean better in terms of he's coaching them to be better. But just with acquisitions and trades, and then you've got, you know, Stevie Y comes in this year and puts together a respectable, not necessarily a winning or a championship team. We're not there yet. Again, Red Wings fans, we are not going to make the playoffs. We are not going to win the Stanley Cup. It's going to. Didn't you say? Years. Didn't you say that last episode? And I'm going to keep saying it. That sounded like a broken record. Yeah, but I just, you see these yahoos on social media that expect the Red Wings to be, you know, starting their 27 year playoff run again. And it's just not going to happen yet. We have to. They say that every year. Yeah, but it, yeah, but it's got to, you got to be realistic. Yes. It's like the Bills fans. Yeah. Every year we're going to win it. And they're in the playoffs. But All right, this I, is hockey, not football. No, I know, but get it, but Bills, I do think the Bills are going to win the, the Super Bowl. No, this is hockey, not football. I know. I know. <laughs> so you're saying uh, Blastill's not giving uh, this uh, enough? No, not enough. Not enough. So, but I just, but I just don't think that he's, I don't think he's the answer. I'm not convinced. I'm just not convinced. And this year, like, there's games that, that we should be winning, and we're just not. And, again, we're not a team that's going to go out there and compete with a Colorado. 
what we did is probably what I expected them to do against that team. They're just way too good. We'll, it'll be a better test when we see Toronto as we head down this back stretch of the season to see what Blashill is able to do. Because yeah. we don't have too many injuries right good now. Good luck with Toronto. They got Matthews and the whole stack lineup. Johnny Tavares, I, I know. I know. Um, but I just, I, I'm just not convinced. I just, you know, D-Law, I just don't think that he's the answer. And Kind of like Hines and... But, but the problem is you get all these fans like, oh, he's had a cr- crappy lineup. Oh, you know, it's not the coach. It's the trash on the on the ice. And it's like, yeah, there, there's a mix of both. Like, it's not just one or just the other. However, there is one that's worse than the other. So, while the team isn't that great, they have upgraded. And the wings are looking more promising. But they've got two, two rookie of the year candidates in that same conversation with your Janos and your Boyntons or Buntings or whatever his name is, Michael Bunting. Um, but they've got a good squad they're putting together. They need to get some depth. I, I feel that Jakob Braun is coming back soon. Uh, there's just a lot. Of, just think that there's. No. That there's, um, I don't know. I'm not sold on Blashill. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole and make this a 20 minute conversation. He just isn't. He he just isn't proving it to me. I I don't feel like there's there's games where they get behind and they just they don't have any fight. And then there's games where, you know, they're playing teams and so, they have a ton of fight. And I know that was um, an oxymoron, but yeah. I, I understand where you're coming from with that one. Um, they should have more fight to this point. Like they but, should just go into uh, a period and later. Yeah, what were you saying, Dan, about you You feel that, you understand that. Tell me your thoughts. I lost my train of thought, actually. <laughs> oh, did you? See, put down the boots. Yeah. Put down the drink, please. It's, it's a shot. We're, every, trying to, we're trying to run a podcast here. Every time I hear shot, I want a Jaeger. I know. And I don't have one here. I got water. Give the drink a drunk give the drunk a drink. Um, no, he's see, I think, in, I think he's in Vegas. See, I think you, Leonard, and Carrie Price should all go out for a weekend. Oh no. I had that I I won't even tell you what happened in Nashville. <laughs> oh now I had a good time, but I didn't get no I didn't I didn't do what uh letter or price was doing so i was be i was actually good oh, i actually i did there was actually times in nashville when i was younger little uh Preds prospect news uh or update actually um igor afedasev who's in milwaukee he's second on milwaukee rookies with 21 points uh, eight goals and thirteen assists. Uh, Jeremy Davis, Davies, sorry, Davies. He's a defenseman, I think. Uh, he's got twenty-four points. Uh, that's two goals and twenty-two assists. And believe it or not, Grimaldi um, is six in the AHL with twenty-four goals. Yes, he's in Milwaukee. Uh, a former Pred, the same time in the last couple of years, and. 
Cody Glass, another uh, journeyman. He's seen time in Milwaukee now. He's tied in the HL for seventh in assists with 31. And Jimmy Huntington uh, is first in goals with uh, with uh, with Admirals. Uh, that pretty much wraps up the Milwaukee Minute. Yeah, let me talk about the Hockey Town Minute here. So... Um, or the Grand Rapids Mason. No, it's not even that. I'm going even oh. a little bit deeper than that. So, as I talked about a couple episodes ago about Simon Edvinson playing on the Ferlunda Hockey Club out of Sweden, um, another one of the Iser picks, I call him the Iser pick. You've got Elmer Soderblom, if I'm saying that correctly. This boy is 6'8. 238 pounds. So this kid is a big boy. And that's he's he's like he's got almost chara height on skates. He's a lefty. He's 20 years old. And he's having a pretty solid season. You know, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing him come up. Right now he's projected at 52 games. And to have 23 goals, 10 assists, and 33 points, which is extremely respectable, seeing that the next player on his team, there's one player with 55 points projected. So, in a nutshell, I think this kid's going to come in. Hopefully, he gets rotated into the Grand Rapids um, system next year, let him grow a little bit. Because as, as I've mentioned before, the one thing with Stevie Iserman is he wants his kids to be playing. He doesn't want them sitting around. He doesn't want them wasting time. He gets them on the ice at every chance he can get, and he 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 steps them in increments as they're ready to go. So he's it's almost like he's building their confidence in the college level. Then they'll build the confidence or the confidence in probably an international league into the minors into the NHL just to build, you know, just to build them up as they go through the ranks because the worst thing you can do is bring a guy up. And I think, you know, I think Zadina kind of got the short end with this, um, with, um, uh, I can't even think of his name, Ken Holland. So the name I <laughs> gladly forgotten, but I think Holland threw him into, into the mix a little bit too early, and he just doesn't really have that confidence. He's not putting the pucks in net. So I'm hoping that Eisenman has let this kid play in Philanda for a little while, and now he's going to transition him in next year. I want to see him in, in Grand Rapids, and hopefully Grand Rapids comes here too to Rochester, New York, so I can see these guys play. But, yeah, he's, he's the guy that I'm thinking um, we should – really keep an eye on because I think he's going to be I think he's going to be decent I think you're going to see him develop into a power forward position um, you know I, I'm I'm excited you know we've got two solid players out in Sweden and I I haven't been unhappy with any of the Iser picks yet but that is my prospect watch are your buttons stuck over there because I Every time I talk, I've got noise going on. That's the, yeah, that's the whole purpose. Just drown me out? 
<laughs> no, just try to add. Uh, I I could have done this. Oh. Mm, mm. I know how much you like that. Yeah, I <laughs> going back to I going back to last episode. I haven't ranted about that <laughs> stupid song. No, uh, maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. And I know that this is a, a, a hockey podcast. But that song belongs with the Bills, the Bills only. Nobody else should even be well, able to play that song. I know you hate Buffalo. I, I think I dislike Buffalo because I'm a Lions fan. But that that I'm song shouldn't be played in any any arena. It's, it's, I'm wondering if Marcus Foligno was a, was the one who uh, brought that up because he they they want they used to use crowd chant and. They started playing that, and Marcus Flino says it's here to stay. Talking about the wild, or the hay song, the okay. shout, whatever. And he's from Buffalo or lived in Buffalo when um, was his, his father played there. Yeah, he should know better than. So he probably grew up listening to that. Nick? No, Marcus Flino is in Minnesota, but yeah, his father played. So. I'm sure he probably heard that from when he was in Buffalo was a kid. So I'm wondering if that if he had something to do with them. Surprised they don't play that for when he scores. Yeah, I know some of these players they have their own goal. Players have their own goal song. Like Brendan Shanahan used to. He used to do not the Preds. Not the Preds. The when the Preds score. But at least I heard this when I was there. You haven't heard yet? You haven't heard the chanting of millions of people in the street celebrating a Stanley Cup parade. All right, I think uh, oh, it's time to. Now. I think it's time to wrap oh. this this episode up. Now, folks, folks, um, hang on. If you notice, anytime you bring up anything slightly negative about the Predators, Dan immediately shuts down, and we move on to the next topic. God forbid. No. I'm telling you. Uh, I'm telling you. I'm calling you out right now. Alright, that's something I can work on for the next episode. <laughs> that's something I can work on for the next episode. Um, you gotta take the criticism. It's gotta come and go. It's, I get a lot of that. I get a lot of that. So, don't pretend. Any last words before we wrap this up, this episode, this uh, second episode up? Yeah, I hope the Red Wings... Um, leave Danny DeKaiser in any one of the next three games because he is pathetic. Detroit's defense needs some help and he is the worst person for that. They just played Colorado though. Give it a break. They're like one of the top teams in the league. I'm not talking about just it's not like about... they it's not like they lost to Arizona or Buffalo. I I'm talking yeah, well We've got Arizona coming up, so we'll see how that game plays out. <laughs> now that you said that, they'll probably lose 502. But, God, if, if Detroit – I'm not even getting into it because if they lose that game, then we've got big problems. So that's definitely a winnable game. I mean, this is a team that doesn't even have an arena. They don't have an arena. They have nothing. They have nothing. 
Well, they got. And I just don't want to lose. Do you... Is it still an arena that holds five thousand? <laughs> that's like a. Yeah. That's like a high school gymnasium. It, it practically is. <laughs> it's it's. But yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think that um, the Red Wings need to beef up the defense. I mean, that's not a secret. Everybody knows that. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, the trade deadline. And, you know, as we get closer, it's, it's creeping in. And I want to, I'm curious to what Eiserman's got in his back pocket. But we'll probably dive into that a little bit more next, um, as we'll probably see a few transactions in the, in the offseason. We'll probably see some movement. Um, not in the off season, but in the next couple, of, in our off season, I guess you could say, in the next week. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens across the NHL. And I think that the, um, I think the Red Wings have a few pieces that I'm going to talk about next episode that, you know, have a good opportunity of, of moving on to be a loner for some of these other teams. But you know, that's all I've got. I'm going to sign off here. So, good night, Hockey Town. Good night, Smashville.